Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. This is the Dom Trap, episode six. Um, this is your host, director, creator, editor, all of the above, Mr. Dominique Gary. Um, I know it's been a while, it's just been a lot going on. I want to start doing these a little bit more frequently. As you can see, I've taken a few breaks during the time of this podcast. Uh, just want to start this one by saying, um, Sometimes you just have to laugh to keep from crying because mainly everything that's going on, uh, you just have people out there that just won't and don't think to put themselves in other people's shoes. And that's where a lot of these issues stem today. It's just people are being somewhat ignorant to the issues that are going on around them because they're too focused on what's going on with them and in their households. Granted, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just sometimes when you feel a way about something, maybe you shouldn't speak up so negatively about it. Maybe you should just sit back, think, put yourselves in someone else's shoes, and then say what you have to say. Because eventually the truth will come out eventually. I mean, it's just guaranteed. I'm sorry if I'm rambling a little bit. I just have a lot on my mind. Um, I haven't really posted much on social media regarding all of this just because I don't know exactly what to say. Um, Me being a black man myself, I just know that if I were to step outside and something were to happen to me, I would hope that my people and other people around me just wouldn't sit and watch no matter what it is whether I'm out being racially profiled or I'm being pulled over for no reason, I'm hoping that someone just has my back because I think that's what everyone wants at the end of the day is for someone to have their back. Um, Unfortunately, in the case of George Floyd, the wrong person was, (laughs) uh, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I think we all just need to love and look after each other at the end of the day. Because if we don't have us, then who does? And that goes for anybody. Black, white, yellow, red, brown. I mean, it doesn't matter. If, if you, Everyone wants someone on their side. No one wants to face this world alone. And if they do, then that's when I go back to saying, hey, put yourself in someone else's shoes. I love you all. I want every last one of you to stay safe. I want every last one of you to love one another. I've seen a lot of ignorant statements and memes that have come out of this whole situation, and it's done nothing but hurt my heart recently. And it's just, it's tough. It's really tough to see. Because, like I said, there are just these people that do not want to put themselves in the shoes or the situations of other people. Granted, I do understand that it's a touchy subject. I do. I understand. But don't be ignorant to any issues like this. I know it's not exactly all your fault. Um, A lot of people were just raised that way. And I learned that a long time ago, back in elementary school. I got called the N-word, and I really didn't know exactly how to take it. I mean, I was just so young, and I went to my mom, and I was like, hey, mom, someone called me the N-word today. And she just looked at me, and she just said, son, you just have to not let it get to you. Just let it pass. Me being younger, I was just like, okay. (laughs) I didn't really, you know, feel any way when he said it. I just kind of felt like 
ashamed. And I know I was like, there's nothing for me to be ashamed of. I shouldn't be ashamed of being who I am. I shouldn't be ashamed of being an African-American boy when I've literally done nothing wrong. So um, getting something like that at such a young age, it does do, it does do something to you for sure. Um, but, I mean, I was always raised to never hate someone for the color of their skin or anything like that. Um, I was never really raised to hate at all. So me me being called the N-word, I was just like, okay, they're ignorant. That's just how they were raised. I just have to let it go. Me being in South Carolina, of all places, I was too young to realize that stuff like that was happening. I really didn't think about racism at such a young age in that time. And then as I got older, I want to say this was maybe sixth grade or so, I had this Aeropostale hoodie that I freaking loved. I wore that hoodie um, a lot. <laughs> I wore the hoodie a lot. And then one day, somebody that is uh, somebody white came up to me and said, hey, you need to stop being a poser. And me, I'm just like, okay, what what do you mean? <laughs> so I go home. I look up, I just look it up and I'm like, really? Like, just because I'm wearing an, an Aeropostale hoodie, that means that I'm a poser. So then I went home and I ended up throwing that hoodie away. My mom even asked me. She was like, hey, I thought you liked that hoodie. And I was like, yeah, apparently it's something that white people wear. And then she had another talk with me. She was like, hey, again, people are just going to be ignorant. Do what you want to do. And I just took it out of the trash and I continued to wear it whenever I wanted to, not caring what he or anyone else had to say at that point. Because I was like, it's almost like no matter what I do, I can be subjected to being the N-word in a lot of people's eyes. People can see me for the first time and they may think, wow, look at that N-word. And that's not the way that people should just go about it. Like, I just want to be seen as a person. I, that's, that's what I wanted to be as a child. I just wanted to be seen as a person. Um, and it's just not fair to be judged in such a way with, at, such a, at such a young age. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's not fair. It's not right. I've seen people hate people for what, have, what they've done or what they've continued to do. That's understandable. But being or hating someone for the color of their skin, I've just never seen the reason for it. And if you know me, you know that I basically love everybody. I don't have any issues with anyone, um, regardless of color. I've never just had an issue with anyone. Um, I know I'm rambling a little bit, but I do want to go ahead and give a moment of silence for those that have been affected and those that have lost their lives and uh, whose lives were basically cut short for no big reason at all, just no particular reason at all. So I'm going to go ahead and do that now. All right. So I do hope that everyone has been taking care of themselves and taking care of those around them. I've seen a few people protesting recently, and I hope that you're being safe and aren't doing anything irrational and just being out there being crazy for any reason at all. Um, 
like I said, just look out for those around you. Granted, I don't want to get on a cop situation. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to do that. But um, just take care of yourselves and take care of those around you, whether they're family or not, a friend or not. Just look out for each other out there. Um, I know this is usually a movie podcast, but there hasn't been much going on in the movie world. So I do want to say that I'm going through theater withdrawals. <laughs> like, um, the movie theater is really my happy place. That's where I go and I just watch a movie and, um, it's just me and my thoughts in the movie at that point. So it's just tough not having that time to myself, just being there. And just the feeling of being there and the whole movie movie going experience I really miss. And just being around those people that know me in there. So, um, shouts out to the people that are there when I'm at the movies. And it's just crazy right now because the future of movie theaters is pretty much uncertain. Because uh, I know a lot of small theaters, they're hurting because of this whole... Uh, I don't want to talk about this much either, but the whole COVID-19 situation, I know they're hurting because their businesses usually thrive on the smaller communities coming to their theaters to watch the movies and not so much the uh, the bigger theaters. Uh, I've seen the AMC file for bankrupts, I believe, and it's just crazy to think that such a big, huge movie theater franchises having to do this because of this situation and it was just kind of so random and no one was really prepared for it and um i'm really just hoping for the best at this point um as much as i do like watching movies at home it's just not the same as going to the movie theater and watching them there basically and um I feel like Trolls 2 may have doomed movie theaters forever with their uh, decision to go on demand instead of it waiting and coming out in theaters whenever theaters open back up. Because now AMC and Regal were threatening Universal to not show their movies. And you know Universal, the movie studios, they have the big globe shown before their movie comes on and I mean, if that's true, then that means that there's not going to be any more Fast and Furious movies in theaters. I uh, think Jurassic Park, um, Back to the Future. I know they're not being really shown. Some theaters do like throwback movies. Um, that means no Back to the Future. There's no Shreks or many, many horror films that won't be shown all because of this situation. So I'm hoping that Universal and these movie theaters are able to um, squash their issue. And um, the reason I say Trolls 2 is because they made more in three weeks after being on demand. I think you pay 20 bucks for the movie. They made more in three weeks than Trolls 1 made in five months in theaters. So I understand their reason for doing that. They're just trying to get the most profit in the shortest amount of time. But that's a relationship that is uh kind of always been there with universal and movie theaters uh the two are basically synonymous when you think universal you think movie theaters or movies at all like just movies in general and a world without universal movies in theaters is a word that i can see but not so much a word that i would like to enjoy because i, I as much as it's my guilty pleasure i love me some fast and furious movies and uh 
If you know me well, you know I love my horror films, so there's that. And um, I just wonder if having movies on demand is going to be the new standard for a lot of movie companies or movie studio companies from now on because that apparently is just lucrative for them to put the movies on demand and make people pay $20 instead of paying seven eight dollars for a matinee and ten or twelve for a night feature like it's it's really questionable and i really hope that that's not the case because it makes it seem like they're just focused on money which i agree most theaters are and most movie studios are they're wanting to make their money in the shortest amount of time as possible which is why you saw Endgame last year be released then go out of theaters and then get re-released with additional footage and the same with Uncut Gems for one weekend Uncut Gems came out not many people saw it but they heard about it then I believe like maybe a month or two later they re-released it with uh, some interviews at the end of it which is a cool idea but they're not really caring about the consumer <laughs> they're really all about their money so it's, it's totally understandable. One of these days, I do want to have an episode where I discuss my top five movies in different genres. And um, I was just on Twitter one day, and I seen that people were talking about Logan. And I started thinking about Logan. And I was like, man, that's one of my favorite superhero films of all time. Um, Logan, which is the Wolverine movie when he's older. And Professor X is there as well. And uh, if you didn't know, and I was just thinking and I was like, hmm, there aren't really many superhero movies that are as good as that one. Granted, it did have a lot of mishaps before it with the, uh, I believe it was the 2014 movie just called Wolverine. I wasn't a big fan of that one, but by the time Logan came out, I seen the trailer. I was like, oh, so this is basically just going to be a Western with superheroes. And I was like, yeah, I love this. I really want this. So there will be one day I'll uh, do a top five different genres, um, hopefully sometime soon. As far as movies that I have seen recently, I did see the movie Extraction that's actually on Netflix, which stars Chris Hemsworth. Um, it's directed by Sam Hargrave, who was the stunt coordinator for some of your stunt-heavy movies. Um Avengers Endgame and Infinity War he worked on. He worked on Atomic Blonde. Just a few other movies that he was uh, basically a stunt performer at and stunt coordinator. And it's just kind of cool to see a stunt coordinator work his way up to be a director for a movie because with that knowledge, you kind of know what kind of movie you're getting. And it was a great movie. I really enjoyed it. It was a great action movie. It's something that you turn on and you just let ride. Uh, you don't think too much about it. <laughs> Uh, the stunts, of course, with it being directed by a stuntman, was great. Um, there's a lot of gunplay, I will say that. And there was some interesting gunplay. And you feel like there's some kind of reaction that's going to be made to every action in the movie. For example, if one character does something, you're kind of expecting something to happen because they did that particular action. And it's good that the movie has that kind of weight on it because you don't think that, um, well, you think that there's going to be a consequence for every single thing that's done. 
And that's basically what happens throughout the movie. And there's just risk. There's a lot of risk involved. And there's nothing wrong with having risk in the movie. That actually makes the movie better. Uh, increases the tension in it and um, everything like that. I do want to say that um, a lot of these movies do a lot of sequel baiting now. And I'm not the biggest fan of it. <laughs> um, like, if, if there's going to be a second movie... Just say that. Don't leave it ambiguous and then there not be a second movie. That just kind of wastes time, basically. So, uh, if there's just going to be a second movie, just come out and say it. That way we know. We don't have to see this ending and say, oh, is there going to be a second movie or is there not? So, um, like I said, I, if I have to rate it, I'd give it a 3.5 out of 5. Just because it has its flaws like most action movies do and like i said the sequel baiting thing not what knocks it down a little bit for me and then the nasty yellow filter that is over the landscape needs to be stopped in a lot of these movies because it just makes these movies look cliche and then when you have a movie like this which has a story by the russo brothers who actually Worked on the Avengers game, I mean, the Avengers Endgame movie and Infinity War and several other Marvel movies. It's just a little disappointing that something will come from them and Chris Hemsworth, and it just seems this cliche at times. So, 3.5 out of 5 for me for Extraction. Um, something else I watched recently was the Scooby Doo movie called Scoob with an exclamation point at the end. Um I was not the biggest fan of this movie. It was cliche. They they millennialized everything. Simon Cowell is he's in this movie for whatever reason, I don't know why, but he's there and he's mentioned several times and it just seems out of place. Um if this movie were to Cam, if, it, if this movie were to come out in maybe 2004, it would be more understandable with the uh, popularity of American Idol. But with it being 2020 and people not thinking about Simon Cowell at a time like this, it just seemed a little... Uh, yeah. And the animation was great. I did like the animation style. I did like the callbacks to the old TV shows and everything like that. And... um. Other than that, that's basically all the movie had going for it. Because the story wasn't great. They did bring back Dick Dastardly and make fun of his name, of course. And, yeah, Scoob, if I had to rate it, it would get a 2.5 out of 5 for me. Just because it just didn't do anything new with the franchise or movie-wise. It just didn't do anything new. And that's really disappointing because when it comes to animated films, I'm kind of reluctant on seeing them. So I was kind of wanting this movie to be good, but was disappointed in the end. So see it at your own discretion. Um, 2.5 out of 5 for me, maybe a 7 out of 10 for someone else. So there's that. And I also watched the Jeffrey Epstein documentary on Netflix which is called Filthy Rich, I believe. And I just have to say that those are some nasty people. Very, very nasty people. And 
I just was, I was pretty ignorant to this issue. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't really care much about it. But after watching that documentary and a few documents that were released over this past weekend, I just thought, like, how how did this stuff happen? Like, I see how it could have flown under everyone's nose and then they just not care about it. But you just had these young girls get into these disgusting situations with these old men. And it's just it's just a mess. <laughs> like it's really that's really all it is. It's a huge mess. Um, I feel bad for the victims. I, I really do. And I was skeptical about watching this. I really wanted them to discuss facts, just because I'd heard that the whole documentary was just the uh, the victims telling their experiences. But there were some facts in here. There there were some facts. They did show the documents. I was pretty glad that they showed that. And it's just crazy how he was such a nasty man with nasty company with his quote unquote friends. Um, as far as the documentary goes, it was a it was a pretty good documentary. I believe there are four episodes. They're about an hour each uh, episode, and his uh, it's just a lot of secrets in there, and it's just the whole thing's just weird. For example, the ex president Bill Clinton having like their receipts of him going to Jeffrey Epstein's island and with 26 times between the years 2001 and 2003. So I did the math. I was like, okay, that's right after his presidency. He took 26 flights either to or from Jeffrey Epstein's island. Yet when asked about it, he denied ever being there. And I'm like, okay, um, it's it's okay. You can say that you were there, but don't incriminate yourself and say what was happening. Or if you did anything, don't just incriminate yourself that way. I just thought the whole thing was weird, how he just continues to deny it when there are actual receipts. And it's just, it's disgusting. <laughs> it's disgusting. And then this little black book, being leaked and having a bunch of names such as Chris Tucker and Naomi Campbell and uh, Mick Jagger, Michael Jackson. It's just, it's just strange. Like, I, I won't say that I don't know what they might have been. I don't. I really don't know what they could have been doing. I don't know. Um, I guess that's just a bunch of money moves that were being made, and I just thought that. How could all of this have happened? Like he just had all he had an incredible amount of pull with everything. And I'm just thinking, like, how could he have made it this far? How could it have gone that far with that many young women? And it's just it just confuses me the more I think about it. But it happened. Um I won't say that they got their justice because he quote unquote took the easy way out, depending on who you ask. And I just thought it was funny how they compared him to the Great Gatsby because he was kinda like the Great Gatsby. Like he had all of this stuff and all of these connections, but a lot of people didn't know who he was at the time. So um if I had to rate the documentary, I'd give it a four out of five. It's just be careful watching it. because uh, there's a lot to unfold there. Um yeah, sorry for the voice crack, but um, I wanted to discuss briefly 
about my guilty pleasure of romance shows, and I don't know why I like them. <laughs> because growing up, I was never a huge fan of The Bachelor or anything like that. Granted, I still don't. I don't watch The Bachelor, but uh, I I like Love Island. I do. <laughs> I like Love is Blind. I don't know what it is about these shows, but I'll watch one episode to see what the hype is about, and then I'm hooked, and I can't get off of it until the season is over. So uh, that's just a guilty pleasure of mine that I have. Um, I also wanted to discuss the show Dave that's on Hulu and FX, and I think it's a great show. It does start a little dicky. Another name does throw a lot of people off, and with him being... A white rapper who's Jewish, people aren't going to care. Um, it's basically about him being a rapper. And it's like, it, it can't be too hard to play yourself, basically, in a movie or a TV show. And he does a great job here. I'm, I'm, I can't lie. He does a great job here. I think it's a really good show. Um, the supporting cast, they do work together and make the show better. Um, in particular, Gata, who is his best friend in the show, there are a few times where he gets his shine and it's like, wow, this is really great TV. <laughs> and um, I've seen a lot of people compare it to the show Atlanta, which they are, I, I can compare the two. There are two that, there, there's some things that both shows do that are similar. But I still think that Atlanta is the best thing that FX has ever produced up there with Snowfall. Um, but Dave season one, I give it a four out of five. I really enjoyed the season. Um, there were a lot of special guests. There's some great episodes in it. It may be jarring to a lot of people just because he's pretty childish in the show. Uh, especially on the season finale, the way it starts, it starts with him rapping a song and just he's telling a story basically and um it just kind of goes left really quick so if you are able to stick with the show you'll definitely enjoy it um especially if you're just looking for something to watch and not really think too much about just a show basically um I also watched Little Fires Everywhere that's on Hulu, and I think that this is a great show. Um, if I had to give season one a rating, it'd be a 4 out of 5, 4.5 out of 5. I even say that just because I didn't expect it. <laughs> I was like, okay, I love Reese Witherspoon. I love Kerry Washington. What can they give me? And they gave me kind of what I needed when I was watching that show. Um, I, do feel, I do feel like the, uh, the 90s setting and aesthetic was beneficial to the show. Because the things that happened in the show would not fly now. And it got me thinking, like, we had the, the 80s resurgence a few years ago, and it's still kind of going on. But I'm thinking, could we maybe see a 90s resurgence? I know we had a small one recently, but I'm wondering if it could even get bigger and even blow up from there and everything be the, everything be about the 90s and... Uh, 90s TV shows coming back and getting renewed and everything like that. And if so, I'd be down. Me being a 90s baby myself, I'd definitely be be down to see 
a resurgence of the 1990s. So pretty, pretty good show. Uh, I know I went on kind of a little ramble there. I thought it was funny how they were watching the real world. And I'm thinking now, like, nobody watches the real world nowadays. So, um, great show. Uh, Reese Witherspoon kills it. Kerry Washington kills it. The supporting cast, the children, they all do a great job in relaying the message, I guess you could say, within the show. Um, even though some there are some, some topics in the show you just kind of have to stick with because some things seem kind of tired. But overall, great show. And um, as far as TV shows, I did want to touch on HBO as just basically in general. Like recently, HBO has been in kind of a slump. And it's kind of sad to see because uh, HBO is usually where the heat is as far as TV shows. That's where you see... A lot of TV and made TV shows. I mean, they've had The Wire, Oz, and The Sopranos. And it's just, that's always been the place to watch really good TV shows. And recently, it hasn't really seemed to be that way. And especially in the past two years. Um, it's been pretty underwhelming to me. I don't know if it's been like that for everyone else, but... To me, I feel like HBO just, they've been missing some marks. And they're marks that shouldn't be missed because they've done it already. It's almost like they're trying to do it again, but they're doing it in a less spectacular way. Um, I feel like ever since Game of Thrones Season 8, it's just been kind of meh. It's been maybe one good golden goose egg out of six eggs overall. And, um, yeah. Like, season eight of Game of Thrones was just terrible. And then they just kind of went on a slump. And then Watchmen came out, and that blew me. It just, they, Watchmen killed it. Like, Watchmen just went crazy. But before Watchmen, there was, there was Westworld. And Westworld started out as a really good show. I really enjoyed Westworld season one. Season two happened, and I said, okay, they're, they're doing a bit much with the plot. And then recently, season three, which has just ended, I don't even know if I'll be back for season four. It'll take some convincing for me to come back. And you know you have an issue with the show if one of your actors doesn't agree with the direction that his character is going in. And it's a veteran actor at that. So it's just odd. It's just odd how HBO has a lot of shows, but... Not all of them are good like they used to be. And recently, Insecure with Issa Rae has been on. And this Sunday was the first time I've enjoyed an episode all season. And I believe that was episode eight. And it's just weird because when that show first came out, I loved it. I loved the first two seasons. Season three, I was just getting to the point where I was like, okay, this is kind of tiring. This is wearing me out a little bit. Like, is there going to be more to the show or is this just going to be it? And then with this new season, which is season four, there's been a lot of that for the <laughs> the first seven episodes of the season. And there have just been things that could have been avoided if someone just would speak. But for some reason, they just don't and they just have this drama happening 
and it's it's not helping the show at all for me. Uh, I know a lot of people. Well, yeah, many other people may love it. I'm just not one of them. I just want the story to progress. They're just still stuck on this one thing that happened, and these two characters that just aren't speaking, and it's not doing it for me. It's just boring to say the least. And yeah, there's that. So I'll more than likely give a review of this season when it's over. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to touch on what an underwhelming year for HBO it's been this year so far. Um, I was on Netflix one day and I was just scrolling through the originals and I seen Master of None there. So I did rewatch that and I thought about how great it would have been if the show would continue, but due to the, um, the situation that Aziz Ansari found himself in, it's just kind of sad that that has been putting a hold on the show if he wants to return to the show or a lot of things that he doesn't want to return to. So, um, Master of None is a great show. It's only two seasons. I think the last season came out in 2017. So, um, if you're looking for something short and sweet to check out, it's about him. He's an actor. He mostly does commercials and he's looking to get into a movie and it's pretty interesting. It's a pretty good show. Um, there are some episodes where it just kind of focuses away from him and goes to some of the supporting cast or totally random people for whatever reason. But if you stick with it, it's a great show. I will say this. It does leave off on a cliffhanger with the second season. So be mindful of that. And um, I just wanted to recommend a movie for everyone to watch. Uh, since it's on Netflix, which is Uncut Gems. I have talked about this movie several times on my podcast, so um, do check it out. It's a great movie. Uh, If you're looking for something that'll get your heart racing and you'll feel like a huge weight has been lifted off of your shoulders afterwards, then do watch Uncut Gems. It is directed by the Safdie Brothers, who also directed the movie called Good Time with Robert Pattinson. And... Yeah, I don't want to spoil anything. Just watch Uncut Gems on Netflix. Um, I believe that's about it. What I have for today. Oh, I did want to discuss um, The Witcher. I went back and watched this first season of The Witcher. And although The Witcher has great material, the show, I feel like, could have done a little bit more. Um. I was a, well, I still am a huge fan of The Witcher 3, Wild Hunt, and then also the DLC packages that came out afterwards. But I just feel like the show could have, there's more that the show could have shown within its eight episodes. I feel like there's some stuff that could have been trimmed out or taken out completely and then exchanged with something new or completely different or even something that's other than what was shown, basically. Just something in the books or the games. I would have really appreciated that. Um, I know that this was a pretty short podcast. I wasn't really going to record today. I was going to wait a little while, but I figured, hey, it's been almost two months. So let me go ahead and get something out. Um, Express my thoughts a little bit because I will admit I have not posted much on social media regarding anything just because I've been wanting to take a hiatus from 
social media because it's it's weighing a lot on me and um my mental just because it's it's tough waking up looking at my phone and seeing the notifications I'm getting from AP News and CNN and then going on Twitter and just seeing bad news so there's that um once again this has been Dominique your host your director creator editor all of the above for the Dom Trap. I uh, I do want to get some merch. So if you are interested in uh, shirts, hats, or anything, just let me know. If you have any questions about anything or any feedback, please don't be afraid to message me or email me at thedomtrap at gmail.com. Um, I wouldn't mind getting a website started. So that could also be in the future. Um yeah so like i said previously i hope that all of you are loving yourselves and taking care of those around you and even if you don't know the person beside you just take care of them because at the end of the day we all want someone who's going to have our back so i love you all love you guys this has been the dom trap have a great one